Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. One of our goals here at CCGF is to help you take your next step toward Jesus and the person God designed you to be. We hope our sermons help you to take that next step. If you would like more information about the community here at Christ Church at Grove Farm, or if you would like to contact us, you can do all of that and more on our website, which is ccgf.org. And to get an even further taste of who we are, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, here is this week's message, Grace and Peace to You. And uh, this Sunday is always a particularly joyful one for me. I love Camp Sunday to celebrate what has gone on throughout the week and the energy to have 500 kids and leaders running all over this property. Thank you, parents. Thank you, those of you who were a part of it. It's just been a spectacular week. In fact, you had that feeling that when it came to the end, nobody wanted to leave. In fact, they'd love another week. It was such a delight. So let's thank the Lord again for that and talk to him about our time together now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for youth and vigor for childhood and innocence and joy and an openness to you, a willingness to trust you that these children have exhibited, how aware they were of you and how good you are, good to them. Take these moments now, Lord, and convince us likewise Take my lips, please, Lord, and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills, stubborn, where they are resistant to you, and shape them, Lord, for your ends and for our good. And take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for you with love for your plans for us, with love for our mission in this world once we get to know you. Take it all and make it real, we pray. And we pray this for your name's sake. Amen. Well, if you are visiting with us because you've got children or grandchildren here, welcome. We're actually uh, early into a series now in John's Gospel. And so the early part, the opening verses, have to do with our Lord Jesus being described as the rationale or the mind behind creation. That he, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. That he, Jesus, was with God and was God. And that all things were made by him and through him, and for him, and that he is at work today in us, the very air we breathe, the way our bodies work, our minds work, the intelligence we have. Can you imagine the genius of God being the creator, coming amongst us as a human being, as Jesus, and loving us and demonstrating to us who he is and what he's about. And one of those visions described here is that he is not only life, 
In him was life, we read in John chapter 1, verse 3. In him was life. And that life, that life in him was the light of mankind to light us up intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. The big deal is this, that he made us for a relationship with himself. And we screwed it all up. So the world has become a very dark place. So listen to these words. It says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. That is in Jesus, this rationale and mind behind it. In him was life. And that life was the light of mankind. The light, that's Jesus, shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And then it goes on to say just a little bit light, light later, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world didn't recognize him. So Jesus is the light of life, the great enlightener. He himself, speaking of himself, said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, just to step back for a moment, if Jesus is the light, he's shining in a dark, dark world. The darker it gets, the more he shines. That statement about the darkness not overcoming him, not overwhelming him. Amazing. The world is dark. There is a darkness. You hear people say of movies, shows on TV. It's dark. That's a dark movie. What are they describing? They're describing a kind of evil or wickedness that is so pervasive, that is being so dramatized that you feel the dirt. You feel the weightiness or the oppression and subsequent depression of darkness. I've watched a movie or two like that and it's so foul because it is so crushing to the human spirit until we face up to the fact that there really is evil not just misunderstanding but deliberate evil not just some bad habits but real wickedness I remember speaking to a group of lawyers in fact it was a room full of lawyers several hundred of them in a banquet luncheon I was there as the speaker, and I had three main points. But the first of them was this, there really is goodness. And you can talk about goodness, and there are all kinds of good people, great deeds, whether it's Mother Teresa, some of you would know about, people you know, people who kind of light up your life. They're a joy to be around. There's a lot of goodness. We've seen a lot of goodness this week with the kids, 
and amongst the kids. There really is goodness. And we all want to believe that. We've all seen it. But then you come to the crunch. There really is evil. There really is wickedness. And I said to these lawyers, your career depends on that. It was fun to sort of pull their chain. I said, if there wasn't deceitfulness, if there weren't crooked lawyers even, but business people, if everything was truthful and beautiful and honest and with integrity, people kept their word, they kept their contracts, their handshake was their commitment, you'd be out of business, I said to them. You trade in the business of people who are corrupt. And it's because we are that you're in business. So here you've got goodness, here you've got darkness and wickedness. And I said, but there is a savior. And Jesus, who comes into this world, into that scene, he is goodness personified. That he could describe himself as the light of the world. And that if you get to know him, and he comes into you, then following him, you won't walk in darkness. That won't be your path. That won't be your habitual lifestyle. That won't be what you dream about and go after, the darkness. You're looking to walk on the sunny side of the street, not in the shades, not in the shadows. And that's what's being addressed here. Jesus, the light of the world. Now to spell that out, He's a light that stimulates our consciences, provokes our consciences by his spirit, which is everywhere present. He made us for himself. You've got to go to that beginning. He made us for himself, created in his image to love the sorts of things he loves, to think the way he thinks. And in every single human soul, there is a God-shaped vacuum created for him. He is the only one who can fill it. We try to fill that vacuum with entertainment, with food, with wealth, with success, with athletic ability, relational triumph, whatever's our deal to fill that emptiness. And Jesus comes and continues to provoke us in our spirits, in our souls, in our consciences about what is right, what is good, and what is wrong, and what is disgusting. You're often tempted to think from time to time that there are people who don't have a conscience. I was just speaking with a couple of guys whose lives have been so messed up and fouled up in their past by their own confession. This very morning came and said to me that the darkness is real. They've been there. They've done that. But thank God that Jesus came and touched their minds, their thinking, their attitudes, their consciences. So they became disgusted with themselves, disgusted with what they were doing with their lives, disgusted with what they've done to other people. These were hard guys. 
And that's, in a sentence, what they were describing to me. And that Jesus came and transformed that. And that's the second thing of what the light is. It's God's truth about his love for us in Christ, what he's done for us through Christ. Remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life, said Jesus, his words. He is the way to live, the way to God. He is the truth about God. He is the life from God. He is the light of the world. He is God revealing himself genuinely, truthfully, unsuppressed. As much as the world resists him, as much as the darkness seems to be rampant, the power of what Christ is doing in lives, individuals just like us, and the truth that's behind it, to know the truth, just as we were singing, the truth as it is in Jesus will set you free. The truth that we are sinners, that is, we are corrupt, but the truth that God has loved us and sent his Son, revealed him to us, so that we see in him this light, this shining light, and that light comes to us, opens up our hearts and our minds to the truth. The concept is powerful that Jesus is the light of the world. And that light does shine in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. And Jesus is still at work today. And here's the deal. As against trying to deal with the guilt and the despair by entertaining ourselves, getting into alcohol or drugs or pornography or whatever filth to divert us from how dark it all is, how bleak it is, the kind of purposelessness that some of us fall into, I would guess we've all been there. And when the darkness takes over and begins to consume us, the very fact that Jesus would come and offer us a new beginning, a new way to go, a new, startling, fresh, clean, wholesome beginning, and a life to be lived making a difference for good is a startling gift. And God, by his Spirit, comes and produces in us a consciousness of that truth. It's like that's what we've been looking for all our lives. That was the state with me when Jesus was quoted right out of the blue in a conversation with a guy I was chatting with who said that Jesus came, that we might have life and have it in all its fullness. I touched on this last week big time because we were speaking about the life. But I tell you, when I heard that, there was like the light going on within me to say, that guest is what you're looking for. That's what you want to be about. That life that Jesus came to bring. And at 18, when I discovered that life, I was dancing through the streets of London. Boy, watching Anna up here as we sing those songs. I mean, I wasn't dancing that cool. <laughs> but I tell you, in my spirit I was. Because I, I had the light within me.
you know, that light shone at the birth of Jesus into this world. One of the verses that describes this, actually in the Old Testament prophecy, speaking about Jesus' coming, it spoke of the light shining in the darkness, and those who sat in darkness, the light shining upon them. And the angelic host filling the sky with the glory of God, praising the very birth of Jesus to some smelly, awkward shepherds who hadn't a clue. They got the first brilliant display, like a, an, a better than Zambelli, an amazing display of angelic hosts praising God, glory to God in the highest, because Jesus was born. And in the joy of that moment for heaven, having maybe some idea of his mission, that Jesus was born amongst us, coming with that huge celebration. And what struck me as I was thinking about it this week, the last miracle of Jesus, while he was on his way to Jerusalem, from Jeru Jericho to Jerusalem, it's a road that runs up the mountains to where Jerusalem is. Jerusalem is high. Jericho's at the foot of these mountains. And Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, where within just a couple of days he was going to be executed. And he's passing by, and there's a crowd, and they're cheering him on. There's a real hubbub. And there's a blind guy, his name was Bartimaeus. Could call him Bart, kind of contemporize him. And Bart's sitting there, and he's blind. He's lived a life blind. And he says, what's the noise? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And Bart had no idea that this was his last opportunity. Jesus was passing by. And he didn't want him just to pass by. He'd heard about Jesus. He'd heard about his power, his teaching, and his ability to heal the sick. And he starts shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David. The crowd said, shut up. Be quiet. He wouldn't shut up. He kept shouting. Jesus heard him. Said, bring him over here. They brought Bart over to him. He said, what do you want me to do for you? And Bart said, that I may get my sight that I might see. Jesus reached out, laid his hands on him and said, be healed, receive your sight. That's the last miracle of Jesus, to open the eyes of a blind man. How symbolic, brilliant for Bart. But he's on his way to the cross and the rejection of a wicked world to be nailed to a cross to pay for all our sin and here for one man reaches out and the light floods that man's mind and his soul. And in that account, it actually says he then got up and what do you think he did? He followed Jesus the light of the world, who had given him his sight, 
and he's rejoicing and transformed. That's what happened to me spiritually from living in a dark world which brought nothing but personal despair and hopelessness to have my eyes opened spiritually, to be born again spiritually. My wife and I were talking about this because she comes, Kathy, my wife, comes from a completely different background. She was better than me the day before she became a believer than I was 10 years after I'd become a believer. Like her innate, she was sort of like almost innately good, sweet. I kind of messed her up by marrying her. <laughs> she spoke about being a 16 year old in North Dakota. There are people who live out there. And she was out in North Dakota and she got chatting with another teenage kid who spoke to her it's actually a boyfriend, about Jesus coming into your life and making you a Christian. Well, she thought because she'd always gone to church, she was baptized, she was confirmed, big-time Lutheran in church every Sunday and sometimes in the week, that she was okay. But after she got that message and the Spirit of God came and lit up her life as she put her faith in Jesus, she said, when I began to read the Bible, it was like alive. And she said, in my spirit, when I heard somebody speak about Jesus, rather than wanting to be distanced, even as a religious person, distanced when somebody's talking seriously about the Lord, she loved it. She said, my heart leapt within me. And then she turned on a passage in John here, which speaks about being born again. And she said, that's me. And when it said the spirit blows where it wills to light up a life, she said, that's me. Her life was transformed from just being a religious churchgoer to being somebody who knew Jesus and her life was lit up. I know we got a host of people too young to know who Debbie Boone was. But back in my younger days, she sang a fantastic, top 40 went right to the top of the charts and here was the line you light up my life you give me hope to carry on I'm sorry for all of you who don't know that song it's a beautiful song you I wish I could sing it for you wish I could get Debbie Boone here to sing it in fact I went to hear her sing and she sang a bunch of other stuff this is about four or five years ago. Debbie Boone came to where I was vacationing. So I went to hear Debbie Boone. It was her last big song. It was her swan song. She was singing when she sang that song about Jesus. It sounds like when she's singing it, she's speaking about some guy who lights up her life and gives her hope to carry on. It's Jesus. I went up to speak with her afterward got that opportunity and I was amazed at how good she looked <laughs> she was actually with the concert that she had just performed was actually repping for one of these skin cream companies that can get rid of the bags under your eyes take the wrinkles out and your double chin 
Have you seen those ads? Do you believe them? Debbie Lou Boone looked great. I said to another lady, I said, man, does she look good for her age? That cream must be spectacular. This lady said to me, believe me, John, she's had more than cream on her face. <laughs> but dad is Pat Boone. He's advertising, he's, an old, he's older than I am. And he's advertising pain pills. I don't know if you know that. What a, div what a big sort of like spread. Debbie Boone, skin cream. Pat Boone, her dad, pain pills. For the aches and pains of getting older. Both of them love Jesus. Whatever else they're talking about, I know they love Jesus. And that he is the one who lights up their lives. So here is Jesus, the light of the world. Brilliant light display at his birth. Brilliant display of his action in healing a blind man. And some of you may remember, even just days before that, he's on a mountaintop with a couple of his disciples and is transfigured, chatting with Moses and Elijah, and he's iridescent. He is the light of the world. If he were to be here and show himself, he could blind us. Saul of Tarsus ran into Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he was blinded by the glory, the magnificence, the brightness of the light. He was led into Damascus blind. Blinded by that light, he came to terms with the fact that Jesus was for real. He was the truth. He had died for him, Saul of Tarsus, the murderer, Saul of Tarsus, the arrogant, self-righteous, religious maniac, Saul of Tarsus. And he yielded his life to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I know I want to be that man who shines like Jesus shines. Jesus actually said of his followers, you are the light of the world. Not the light like he is, but reflections of his light. There's a song which speaks about lighting up this world. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this world with the Father's glory. Blaze, spirit blaze, set our hearts on fire. That's our Jesus. Let's talk to him just for a moment. Following our praying, here's another very special deal. We're going to have the Urban Impact singers, half a dozen or so of their fabulous voices, come and sing. It's an introduction to a couple of things. One is the possibility of going and seeing kids whose lives have been lit up by Jesus performing Shakespeare. That's coming up soon. You can get in on that. I should tell you that I have been to Stratford-upon-Avon, the birthplace of Shakespeare, where they have the National Shakespeare Theatre, and I've seen the professionals on stage doing Shakespeare. And you might not find this credible, but I am telling you, watching these kids each summer do Shakespeare, this will be the third or fourth summer I will have seen them. 
I prefer them and what they do for Shakespeare than what happened with the professionals in Stratford-upon-Avon and in England. So you'll meet these guys and they'll be outside for you to get involved with them and maybe ask some questions about what's coming up this summer. But right now, the same transforming Jesus is here for you, personally. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes just to shut out any distraction. But see Jesus looking at you, loving you. He's passing by, so to speak. This may be your moment. You don't know if you'll ever have this opportunity again. Jesus passing by, coming to you, giving you the opportunity to begin again, to have your life lit up, to have the darkness, the heaviness driven out, to be filled with him, the light, joy, truth, hope, eternal life, heaven your home, his presence to see you through. Oh Lord Jesus, please, as I speak to you, I tell you I need you. I need you to come and light up my life. Come and fill me with yourself, Lord Jesus. Take possession of me. Clean out those dark, ugly rooms, those sordid corners of my life. Forgive me. Renew me. Restore me. Please, Lord. And I would ask you if you prayed that prayer sincerely and you know that this is a moment for you and the Lord. There are some comment cards in the pews where you are, right in front of you. If you are that one person, write your name and how I can be in touch with you, email or phone, and bring it out and give it to me. I'll be standing around out in the commons, right outside the doors here. I'd like to be in touch with you, have a conversation with you and pray with you. So you bring that card and give it to me. Put a cross on it just to signify that Jesus died for you and you're taking him seriously. If you prayed that prayer with Pastor John, welcome to the family of God. We are so thrilled and we want to be a resource for you on your next steps in your new faith journey. Please contact us here at Christchurch so that we can connect with you and help you as you begin a new chapter of your life with God. The easiest way to reach us is to contact us through our website, ccgf.org, or you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, we are so thrilled and welcome to the family of God.